Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork on the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast, unofficial, uh, coming to you on the internet uh, with the very qualified support in that they are very qualified that they might not want to support us from the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders yeah, number one actually, fan forum. You never actually ran it by them, did you? you just, it was, this was just a self-appointed thing? Yeah, but they haven't told us to not to. They were just sort of like, you know, what are you doing? You know... It's no, you know, we've got our own stuff. Why are you doing that? And I'm like, you know, I'm giving you a shout out. What's the problem with that, GE? You can complain about it. And he was like, I guess not. Anyway, they had a few complaints about our swearing and occasionally, you know, your strong, strident opinions offend them, Blake. But, you know, apart from that, they're cool with it. Is that a fact? Yeah, of course. Yo, Every, I never swear. I've never sworn everyone, on this show, you know? I've no, never it's, sworn. It's your opinions. It's, it's sticking it to Ricky all the time. People don't like that. People don't like that. People want more of it. People think you're a bit of a wombat. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But we're also brought to you by Land Speed Records. Uh, come in and buy your music and uh, apparel from people who love the Camberators just as much as you do. And that's a lot. Yes. Yes. In these, you know, troubling times, small mm. business needs your support. It really does need yeah, your we support. Yeah, we had a very quiet day yesterday. So I don't know where that was, COVID-19. But we've got our biggest day of the year coming up, Saturday, uh, 18th of April, Record Store Day. So get down and get amongst it. There, there will be... Hundreds and hundreds of new releases on vinyl, and it will be the place to be here at uh, you know Landspeed Records. And we've got a, uh, a listener of the week this week, and it is in fact one of our competing uh, podcasts, the Bad and Mean Podcast. It really smashed out onto the scene with some very interesting and varied views, I must say. Some of them make me uncomfortable, some of them make me laugh, but it's well worth a listen. And uh, they're also a follower of this this podcast itself. So a big shout out to the Bad and Mean Podcast. You are our fan of the week. So, uh, yeah, and good luck to the boys. They, they may have shoved us into fourth place by now. Fifth, we don't know. We don't know. Blake, where are we? I think we're still third. You think we're, I think still, we're third. still third? I think right. we're still third. But footy's back. It is. So, before um, before we talk about round one and mm. the Titans, yeah. um, there's something I just want to get off my chest. He wants to get something off his chest, people. Preach, and, Blake. Uh, and this is not Blake on the burst. That's coming later. All right. But, okay, so on Friday... There was the grand opening of the new Camberators mm. High Performance Centre. There was. Where was Blake and the Porks' invite? Well, I don't know where Blake's in- invite was, but the Porks came. I was just unable to make it because I had other commitments. You said, you said when we started this podcast, what did you say to me? You said, don't bag the coach, or don't bag the team, and the lurks and perks will follow. I, I was said pro- I was nothing pro- of this. Said- I said nothing <laughs> of the sort. I you made said it very be, you clear. Said, to you. you said be a suckhole, and I'll I'll drag you into the inner sanctum. Oh no, I did not, and I've never made that that at all. People, people, let me make this perfectly clear. We are nufties from nowhere. We're no ones. Uh, we never was, and never been. Never so anyway, been. We don't the gloves are ourselves. off. The gloves are off, and I'm going to now speak my mind. I'm going to say what I think. All I'm right. not going to hold back anymore, okay. Ricky. Why did you get rid of Leilua? Leilua was signed for the year. He was already under contract. We didn't need to get rid of him. We got rid of him, and we're a weaker side because of it. You think? Well, we yes. haven't even seen we haven't even seen the game played, and you're already saying we're weaker, are you? We are. We're a weaker side. And then you know you sign Curtis Scott. Mm. Did you do any due diligence on the guy? You know, in in 2020, before you sign someone for a business or any role, it's customary to actually check out their social media profile, have a look at one one look at his social media. Various pictures of him with his shirt unbuttoned, making O circles with his mouth, was enough to tell me the guy's a tool. 
Is that right? So you are now saying our signing, Curtis Scott, is a tool. You're calling until it proved him. otherwise. Until, so tool until proven a good bloke. Is that right? Well, I haven't met the guy yet, so I can't tell you one way or another way where he's a good bloke or not one way or another. But I'm sure they did do their due diligence. And should I point out that Curtis Scott actually hasn't been suspended? He, no, he's lining he, up because, on Friday. Because he's until the point that he... As long as he's pleading his innocence, he can't be suspended because he can't be stood down. Well, tell that no, to Jack DeBellin. Yes, but that's the no-fault stand-down rule. And uh-huh. it's because the crime is of a more serious nature. And so under no, the, no the accusation fault, is of more serious nature. The charge, the charge is of a more serious nature. The no fault stand-in only kicks in if it's a custodial sentence of like ten years. Plus so, something. so civil liberties only come uh, come into the being depending on the size of the false allegation someone like Josh, uh, the Grub Reynolds ex Debuso makes, which and she doesn't get punished at all for making those allegations where she's trying to destroy his career, but they get dropped when they realise she's alive and nothing happens to her. So. Basically, in a no-fault stand-down, in order to get an opposition player off the field, what you need to I do think is I accuse think... them of something which they can't immediately rebut that they get charged I think, with I think that her... is worth 11 years or over in jail. I think Shane Warne would never have played a game of cricket if you'd put rules like that in front of the English punters. I think that whatever her name, Debusso's reputation has been damaged beyond repair. So I don't think she got off scot-free. From she didn't get off scot-free, but she's certainly not facing any criminal charges. No. Right. Well, she's not facing any criminal charges. So basically, the no-fault stand-down basically has set a bar for how people have to accuse people. It's not at actually anything to do with guilt or innocence. So how it's used as a way to stand someone down from their actual profession for two years... When well, but the also, the, the also, the police have to believe that, you know... You can, you can go the and say... The police believe can, lots of things. Lots of know, people but the there has to be believe some, about things get found there not has guilty. To be some, I know, but there has to be... percent of people accused of these crimes get found not guilty and acquitted. Doesn't mean they didn't do it, though. It doesn't mean they didn't do it, but they get not guilty and acquitted. We can't suspend someone for something we reckon they did. We have courts for a reason. And the instant we start ignoring those courts and their process, we become nothing but a kangaroo court. Nothing at all but a kangaroo court. And Jack DeBellin, I hope that he's guilty for these you know, penalties that he's suffering because if he's not guilty, one, the NRL is going to absolutely get their asses sued. sued. But he's never going to get these two years back. He's never going to get these two years yeah. back. And it's ridiculous. So Curtis Scott not being stood down on the no-fault stand-down is because nothing has been proved yet. That's what should have applied anyway, to DeBella. Due diligence with Curtis Scott. There's two teams that when they get rid of a player, they have a good reason to. They don't lose players that they want to keep. One is the Sydney Roosters and the other one's the Melbourne Storm. So, so the fact that the Melbourne Storm was so keen... Hang on, hang on. Melbourne Storm let Tohu Harris go and they let Ryan Hoffman go at one stage. And those players then came back to their side. So there's no, actually, Tohu Harris didn't come back. He's no, gone. he didn't. But they were, they, he went because they weren't going to be able to offer him that amount of money. So he, he went to yes, somewhere else. That, it's not because they didn't that, want him. They, Greg yeah. Inglis well, went for the, exactly that, the same reason. They'd have him back. Yeah, but that's the point. They, were, they had to let them go. They weren't pushing them out the door. Melbourne Storm are subsidising half so of Curtis why, Scott's uh, wage in Canberra. Yeah, but Which that's tells because, you they didn't want him. That's because they're trying to save money. We're also subsidising a lot of Joey Leilua's wage. No, which door. adds to the lunacy more, doesn't it? I don't think it adds to the lunacy whatsoever. Joey Lalua was on the last year of his contract this year. The signs were fairly clear we weren't going to sign him again. Yes, but the window is still open this year, so why not have your best available players while the window's open? Let's let's not worry about 2021 or 2022. Our chance, we've never had Do a better chance. Do you not remember the match against Manly where he lost it for us by we've, putting the needs unnecessarily into the back of Ruben Garrick? Do you not remember him failing to pass the ball in the grand final to Jordan Rapiner? He passed the ball just a little late. 
It wasn't really a pass by the time it came out of his hands, was it? He shoveled it out. See, here's the thing with Joey. He was rocks and diamonds. He could do the most brilliant things in the game, and we all remember the he best won, of him. He won far more games and for us than he lost. lost games But he us. won far more games than he lost. Yeah, but what he did games were they? far more good they? things than bad things. Look. The what thing- games were they? The semi-final against the Storm that got us in the position to make the grand final. That was a pretty good move, wasn't it? That was good. I did enjoy that. Look, I'm not against him. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying there is a logic to Leilua going. There is a logic to Leilua going. And Curtis Scott fits the defensive mode that they've been aiming for in defensive Yeah, if he's on the field. Yeah, if he's, if on, he's the... on the field. I agree. I agree. But at this present stage, for a ball is kicked, do you really think I'm going to be putting the boot into the team and the coach? I'm putting the boot into Curtis Scott, namely, All number right. one, okay, because... He's come to our side. He hasn't even pulled on the jersey yet. Well, we're going to say a trial now. And he's already derailed, potentially, the most promising season in 20-plus years. Well, to say it's been derailed... Yeah, that's descri- that's, that shows great disrespect to the coach, the organisation, the team, the fans, everything. But we don't know it's no, been he's, derailed. He's, he's got to do a lot to make it up to us based he on does. what, he's, what now, he's done. I want to ask you this. Who in the world cares more about the fortunes of the Canberra Raiders in these, out of these three options at this stage, who spends more of their time awake worrying about them? Is it Blake Budak? Is it the Pork? Or is it Ricky Stewart? Who is, out of those three, let me go to the second question before you answer the first, who out of those three is going to be more upset about what Curtis Scott did, or was alleged to do, out of these three? Well, Blake it, Budak, Tim, uh, the Pork, or Ricky Stewart? His alleged behaviour, uh, using the inverted fingers... Yeah. It didn't come out of the blue. The guy had had. There's a form line leading up to this. You know, you, there's a form line. Do you think Ricky's going to have his finger on the pulse or, or have this under control now? Do you think Ricky's going to be taking action for this? Do you think he's going to be doing something about it? Do you think he's not going to be pulling things in? Think about the culture he's brought into the club. I agree with what you're saying. That exactly. There, there was the a culture that we've this, built, and, and we've brought back someone who is. Have a look at his Instagram, mm. and straight away, when I see that Instagram, you know what I see? I see Josh Dugan, I see Blake Ferguson, I see that sort of character is evident. Someone that's a bit of a lair. Have you seen his back tattoo? I don't care about back tattoos. Lots of the players have got tattoos. I would never get a tattoo. You, I don't even know if you have a tattoo. I know you've got some interesting... I don't have a problem with people I know you've got some interesting t- piercings, but I know about tattoos. I don't have a problem with people having tattoos in general, but that back tattoo is serious tool material. But that's that's just the, that's a, that's a matter of opinion. You know, it, that, 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 if, go, it, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Listen... Here's the thing, and this is what you got to do, and all you out there who might share some of Blake's, you know, and he's saying he's not on the burst here, but he clearly is. Um, uh, we have to trust in Ricky. Ricky has led us to this point now. And we have to keep trusting him. We have to keep putting him behind, and we have to keep understanding that he's in control and he knows what the hell he's doing. Okay, he knows he's embedded in that team culture more than anyone. He's setting it. He will not be happy about it. Teammates will not be happy about it. Curtis Scott will be feeling very chastened by this. Hopefully everything works out well. He doesn't get suspended, only gets a little one, and he works out well as a player. That's what we're all pulling towards, and we need to turn up on Friday evening at 6pm and yell loudly and be very through positive Through our face masks. Yeah, through our face masks. And fist bump someone if someone scores a try. No so you're all in favour of face masks now. When you were harassing the crap out of me during the bushfire smoke, now all of a sudden you're in favour of face masks. I'm only masks. joking, but yeah, if... if if the Raiders score a try, just remember, fist bumps, not high fives. And definitely no hugging, people. Definitely no hugging. Um, 
So, the footy's back. Uh, so, season prediction for the Raiders. It sounds doom and gloom. No, me. not at all. Not at all. But I just think we're, we're on the cusp of something special and getting rid of, you know, one of our most X-Factor strike players mm. and replacing them with someone who now may not even play has turned out to be a really bad move. Yeah, well, how many weeks did Joey spend out last week? Uh, last year? How many? Yeah, quite a Suspension few. Suspension and injury, a lot. Right. Quite a few. So there we go. And, you know, the worst thing prior to think, this that I, I can think... say about Curtis Scott is he repeatedly punched Dylan Walker in the face. And who hasn't wanted to do that from time to time? Come on. Who hasn't? Come on. Who hasn't wanted to do that? It's been so, so nice. So he did have things to read. As, as a Raiders fan, it's mm. been so nice to be able to go through, aside from the Jack Whiten situation, to go through seasons is just, just not go through this drama and this end of season crap and these stories coming through and the off season mm. bullshit and you sign this guy and he's, it's, it's, he's already brought it back he's already brought it back I'm still do absolutely you think, do you think absolutely do talking. you think Elliot Whitehead is going to be standing for anything more from Curtis Scott this season do you think Elliot's going to let anything else go well those were the guys that were with him, I, were out with think, him on the night do you so. think Elliot Whitehead is going to let anything else go the Poms were the guys that were out with him on the night so they obviously didn't do that good a job of uh keeping him in check do you think given that state of situations that Elliot Whitehead is very happy with the situation one of our team leaders and and look while we're on the subject of Elliot Whitehead it, it annoys and upsets me that Elliot Whitehead was known nowhere to be seen in the Meningo medal votes last year um, for mine he was one of our top is he, five players is he one of the top hundred players in the NRL I, I, I believe so I believe so. He is. There's a couple of matches last year. His no, I think he's brilliant. I think he's absolutely brilliant. His sheer application. The prob- one of the problems you know, he played eighty minutes every match. Yeah. and then he played all the games for England at the end of the yeah. year, and then he played in the nines. He is one of the most durable yeah. players I've ever seen. From the first game he played in uh, start of 2016 against the Panthers, you know, in 39 degree heat, yeah. and he's, he's obviously was struggling, you know, yeah. big big time. He'd never played football remotely in conditions like that I mean most players wouldn't have but he played the full 80 minutes yeah. and I was from that point on, I went this guy is tough man. He, he is committed he, but he isn't just tough he's a top dude like he's like I just it's hard to describe like John Bateman right he's got that look in his eye he's a little bit crazy there's a wire loose right and, and anything could happen he's the sort of guy that people back down from because they think themselves this guy's not quite right but Elliot's this smiling mate at the bar who's not you know offending anyone and not doing anything but the instant Johnny gets into trouble you really really got to watch out for, for you know Elliot coming in from the side because he's tough as nails and he won't take a backward step and I, I cannot sing his praises highly enough and you know I'm talking to you Raiders players out there when you're putting your votes in post-match for your Meninga medal during the season really I want you to reflect on what Elliot Whitehead did for you what I was going to say before one of the problems with with Elliot Whitehead, the reason that he goes so much of the good stuff he goes does goes unnoticed in this day and age. And it's normally, you know, the only people that really notice it are the coaching staff, the teammates, and probably the more fanatical fans. Uh, the tidying up he does, the last ditch defence, you know, and these are all the things. So what I'm saying is, we now live in the era of statistics and super coach points. Yes. And people go, well, this guy hardly got any super coach points. He can't be a very good player. They don't judge on, you know, I mean, the whole sort of perception of yeah, league yeah. is now distorted. That the, These are the um, certain criteria that we judge a performance on, yeah. and everything else goes out the window. I remember back in the early 90s, my mother said, why do you like Steve Walters and Bradley Clyde so much? I never see them doing this, that, and the other. And I said, oh, 
it's because of those guys and their defense and their ability to run the ball and set things up that the other guys shine. I want you just to spend a match watching what Brad Clyde does. Don't look at anybody else, just watch what he did. And she came back at the end of the thing and said, he just never stops, does he? And I went, yeah. no, he never, ever, ever stops. Yeah. He, not for, he's the first one back to take a hit up. He's making every tackle in sight. He's always there backing up when they're trying to break through the line. He never stops. And Steve Walters is always working hard. He's in the middle and his, his passing is just bloody brilliant. And, and she got it, but you don't get it. No. Until you really sit down and lock it. You're always looking at the flashy players. Yeah. But Elliot Whitehead goes into that. You might not see him, but jeez, you'd miss it without him. Oh, 100%. And, and, and look, yes. he's played He's played 5'8". Yeah. I, he's, he's played uh, lock. He's played back he, row. He can play front row. Yeah. No problems whatsoever. And and look, I put him presently. Yes, I know I'm hitting still in the centre. I, I put him in the top 50 players in the NRL. Yeah. I, I put him in the top 50 players in the freaking world. I think he's brilliant. Anyway, enough about Elliot. We've sung his praise enough. The Titans game. It's his 300th game, though, isn't it, this weekend? It is not. It is not. Turns out I can't do maths. It's his 302nd. Really? Mm -hmm. And I didn't discover that until after I pointed out to the coach who was his 300th match. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, so good on you, Tim. Fantastic at maths, really coming through. Speaking of big statistics, though. Yeah, yeah. Jared Croker. Yeah. 1,996 points he's on. So he'll be only like the fourth player or something to hit the 2,000, which hopefully he'll do this Friday night. Oh, one can only hope in, in that regard. And, but while we're, on, um, while we're on statistics and things that are coming out of Fox Sports, I hope you all saw that wonderful team sheet that was released by the good people at Fox Sports about the Raiders side. And if you didn't, can I please encourage you to go and have a look at it? Because it's not just funny, it's freaking hilarious. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we've tweeted it from our account. We've, we've tweeted it from we've, yeah. the Blake and the Port. But it's not... And usually, it, it, you know, you get your, your Jared um, Cronker and you get your, you know... <laughs> yes, you, my favourite. You get your funny things. But this one is... Um, uh, was it Josh Hodkin? Uh, <laughs> Nick Contrick? Um, I can't remember all the other ones there, but it, it makes from silver... Or is it yeah. saliva? Have you? It, it just it just goes on like that. Initially, I thought it was a joke, but um, it, it just wasn't, and it was you know just absolutely brilliant stuff. So if you get a chance, get onto the Twitter page, which is uh, at Blake and the Pork. Yes. Um, Do you know what? It seems to be that um, Fox Sports have had a lot of budget cuts lately, and mm. I think we're starting to see it's starting to bite. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if you're wondering about that, all those of you who've changed over to KO or a different way of getting well, it. Well, KO is Fox Sports. Well, sort of, sort of is and sort of is not. Um, it, it's, it's a whole different thing. But, um, yeah, go on, have a look at that, because it's hilarious. It's so bad, it's golden, and I think it should actually be framed and put in the, in the Raiders' dressing room for when they win the grand final this year and, uh, you know, can explain to the people at Fox Sports that perhaps they don't, you know, they should do a little bit more research before they put something like that yeah, out. shocking. Because I was, I was highly amused by that. But uh, what's your prediction for uh, the, the match? I think it's going to be a tougher game than we all think. Mm. You know, I think if we go into this game thinking that it's going to be an easy win, mm. our yeah. record against the Titans is probably better up there than it is at home because I can recall quite a few yeah, yeah. sort of round one, shock we, we, we like losing um, well we beat know. them up there comfortably round one last year yeah 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 in the wet but that's true that's true but I think I think it's a game we can't take lightly look we have won the last two we won last year in round one up there in the rain 21 nil, and then in 2018 round nine we won 32-18 but in round one at home at Seabus Stadium, we lost 30-28 with that last-minute try. You oh, may recall yeah, to Connie yeah, Hurrell. That was yeah. pretty shocking. 
Um, so they have a good good record of beating us in round one, and but usually having said that, they're playing us in 42 degree heat up on the Gold Coast, whereas this time's going to be a little bit more different. So you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what comes about of that. But you know, there's there's a pretty good team. There's a better team than you would think for the Titans. So at the front, they have got Sam Lasone. You got Mitch Rain, the ex uh, Parramatta. Uh, sorry, ex-Dragons hooker. you got Jared Wallace, who's, who's a very good front rower. Of course, they've lost Ryan James yep. to another injury. But then in the second row, they've got um, Bryce Cartwright. Um, yeah, well, I what find a, it challenging. Um, rocks got, and diamonds. Rocks yeah. and diamonds. It's, well, it's so much def- promise. It's more his defense. I know. And then you've got uh, the egg farmer and Kevin Proctor, who likes uh, grabbing other men's genitals. So we keep your eyes out for that again. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think that was because he and Geordie Raps are, you know... They're, they're like best mates from high school, you know that? Oh, so that's what best mates do. They grab each other's cods. In some circles, yes. Really? Okay. Good on that man. Uh, Jai Arrow at lock, obviously, is world class. And uh, I thought by this stage he'd be at South Sydney Rabbitohs, but they're not letting him go at the Gold Coast, so he's still there. we got Ash Taylor back at halfback. He's credentialed. We've got uh, Tyron Roberts back at 5'8 there. We've got Tyron Peachy back in the, in the centres, who's an awesome player. We've got a young man called Callum Watkins who I have never heard of before. He's not a young life. man. He's old. He's an English international. He's been around UK Super League for like... All right. Well, ten, he, came, he came towards the... He was basically shipped out of Leeds, I think, and he mm. came to the Titans mm. um, at the back end of last year. And Look, he didn't set the world on fire, and I think his best days are well behind him, but he was a very useful player back in the day. Well, we've got Anthony Don on one wing. We've got Dale Copley on the other it's wing. It's not the worst team ever. And we got Philip Sammy usually yes. on the wing back at fullback, which could be a very interesting thing. Of AJ course, Brimson is injured. Yeah, he is. We yeah. got Nathan Peets on the bench. We got the young Whitbread, Jai Whitbread, who, who's not too bad on the bench. Um, we've got Brian Kelly um, on the bench as well, um, a centre, I believe, and a bloke by the name of Jolliffe as well in the. Where's 17. Shannon Boyd? He's injured. A very good question. No, we I think he's injured. I don't know. I don't know where he is. Yeah, I think um, he's so I can't comment on that. Um, for the Raiders, we pick, we've gone with uh, Dinamis Louie in the front row with Hodgson and Papali. The team, look, the team is everything that we expected Yeah. Um, in terms of the back row stocks. So we've got White, very... Whitehead and we've got Horsburgh starting in Johnny Bateman's spot in the 11 jersey. How do you, yes. how, how so do you feel about that? The team is everything that we expected. We've pretty thin due to injury and suspension, pretty thin in the back row stocks currently, which is why... Corey Horsburgh has been named in the back row, which I find strange. I find strange that you would pick him at back row ahead of Joey Tarpany when Joey Tarpany has played a lot. And so, who, back row. if you'd done that, who would you put at lock? I would have put. Uh, you could have put Saliva Havili at lock. You could have put Horsburgh could play at lock. I just think Horsburgh defensively out wide. You wonder if he's going to have the lateral movement. I mean, the big thing, the story in the paper has been made. Oh, well, Joey Tarpany wants to play. He wants to play lock now. Well, it's not what he wants to play. It's what's best for the team. Yeah, but do you, you really know? think Ricky's standing around there pandering to people's wants? Or do you think no, he's... which is why this could be, as uh, yeah, yeah, okay. as Matt Lippiat-Sidman has said on, on our Facebook page, this could be a smokescreen. It smells like a smokescreen. Oh, Ricky doing a smokescreen? Yeah, that now is unheard of. <laughs> I cannot believe you would bring I something I like that I don't even up. know why you do smokescreens, because do they... You were actually work. you and your conspiracy theories are smokescreens. Smoke now, I want to put something work. in your head, though. Horsburgh will be... Facing up against Bryce Cartwright. Now, Bryce Cartwright has many, many good features. One of them is not his one-on-one. No, defense. well, running, running at him is probably good, but defending against him, 
I think you know, I think if he's there, the coach has, has faith in him. Of course, we've got Georgie Williams making his uh, debut in the number seven jersey. A lot of pressure on that. A lot of pressure. And a lot of how we go this season is going to depend on that, um, on, on how Georgie goes. It's funny, I've watched, in recent weeks, I've watched um, some of our games from last year have been replayed on, on TV, and I've I found myself watching them at various times. And Aiden Caesar, that game against the Sharks where he kicked all those field goals, that was some performance. I mean, I think he was already out the door by then, but that was some performance. Yeah, it was. It was. And he had some great performances. And I, you may recall me saying I'd want him to play as well as he can, and I think he can play really, really well. Um, but that's the way things have gone. His second half of the season was a lot better than his first half of the season. I think it was too. And, um, I do yeah, dearly wish he'd taken one of those opportunities when we were 10 all in front of the sticks in the grand final to pot one of those field goals. Yeah. You know, but woulda, coulda, shoulda. What yeah. are you doing? Jackie Whiten at number six. That's good. We've got Curtis Scott and Jared Croker in the centre. Sorry, Jared Cronker. Forgot. Trying to get his name right here. We've got Bailey Simonson on one wing with Nick Kontrick on the other wing. Kontrick. Uh, you know what what, what, what amazes me? Contrick. That's that's how the Fox Sport people call them. I assume they're right. Um, and then what amazes me with all those things the Fox Sport people got wrong on that sheet, they actually ch- spelled Chan's nickel clockstad perfectly. <laughs> well, they probably thought we better we better cut and paste this one. We better check this one. This is a tricky one. Right. It's the only one I would probably second guess myself on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got Sleva Havili in the 14. We got uh, Gula in the 15. I've, we got I'm... Soliola in 16. And Oldfield in the 17, who I think is good because he covers yes. all the backs and he cover, He can go into the back row. And, and like I say, there wasn't really an, anyone else Well, obviously the... crying out for a bench spot. So I thought that Ricky would go with Oldfield on the bench. And I like it. I like uh, Havili back on the bench. Yeah, so um, do I. You know, he did, he did some great things last year and then sort of seemed to fall out of favour but if you're going to have one oh, I don't think see this is the thing about Ryan Sutton and, and Havili I don't think they fell out of favour I think other put other people Gula pushed stepped in front up. of them Gula I stepped think up. other people pushed in front of them I don't think they ever fell out of favour I've seen how both of those players were treated by the coach and they weren't out of favour they were Gula, not out of favour Gula stepped up you know and he, he really he went from a Mounties player to you know he's, he's definitely in the best 17 now which is great because you mm. know He's a big player and mobile and, you know, yeah. he's, he's the modern sort of modern prop blueprint that you want. He's worked out well. Yeah. So how do you, where do you see the match being won this weekend? I think we should just have too much class. I mean, I think we should win it in the forwards and then, you know, we should just have too much class. And where do you see it being lost? If it's if it's a messy, scrappy game, you know, the Titans could get away with it. I, I see complacency is how we could lose this match. I see being jumped, complacency. You wouldn't... There shouldn't be complacency going into round one, you know, and especially with some new players in the team and, you know... And let's not forget we got them to blot last year and they'll be being told about that all this week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, I... I Personally, I don't care how we win this match. I don't care how we win this match. I don't care. I don't care the, how we win any match as I, long as we win. Uh, I don't care on the back of the dodgiest refereeing decision in the history of the world, which gives us a win we don't deserve, just as long as we get the two points. Because at the end of the season, we owed some luck, some fortune. Yeah, I think we got a bit last year. So after this, we go away next week to the Warriors, and it'll be interesting to see how so they shape up so this weekend. In terms of our draw, yeah, we've got a very easy start because if there's two teams that are tipped for the wooden spoon. We played that those two, and then two weeks. and then we come home in round three, and we play against the Dragons. So if we can get three from three here, that is just the most brilliant launch to the season. That's what we want because then after that, we go we have host the Seagulls, who are always a handful for us. Yeah. Then we go away to the Panthers, who are at Panther Stadium, always a handful. Tough. 
And then the Newcastle Knights, who we do not have a great record at home against. Um, the wins we have had, we've got away with. Then South Sydney Rabbitohs, the Bulldogs, the West Tigers, Panthers. And then at round 11, just about the time we're hitting origin time, we hit the Roosters. And of course, that's over in Perth. Yeah, it sucks. Then the bye. And then again, during origin time, we get the storm down in Melbourne. Then we come out of that and we come back and we play the Warriors. And then we play the Roosters at home in round 15. Cronulla away. Are you going to go through a whole... Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have the Broncos at home, the Eels at home. Just fast forward this bit. Dragons away. <laughs> Dragons away. North Queensland It's only going to take him about another minute. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Then Seagulls away. Who was playing in the grand away. final? We don't know that yet. They, they haven't qualified for that yet, our opponents. But last round, we played Melbourne Storm at home. and uh, Oh, that's going to be good. That's going to that's gonna be a beauty there. So, um, look, we just need to get these two points. We just need to get them anyway. We Not, want to get off to a good start. We you know? really and, want to get and off also, to a good start. And also, you know, we're missing, yeah. arguably, our most influential player. Yeah. Which leads me now to my segment. Yeah. Blake on the burst. Thank you. You picked it up. John Bateman. Do you know we didn't win a game without him last year? I did there were not know four that games. There were four games that uh, he didn't play for us last year, and we lost all of them. He got the last game that we won was against the one in Pan- Panthers in Bathurst or wherever it was. Was it in Bathurst or Wagga mm, or wherever? And that's it where he got injured. He got injured in that one. Yeah. Then we lost three games in a row, and then he came back against the Bulldogs at Belmore, mm. and we won that game. And he had a very big big role in that it was game. the Olympic Stadium. But oh, yeah. Olympic Stadium, whatever. Yeah, we, we won that game. And then he was rested in round 25. 26, yeah. I think it's the 25, Warriors. isn't it, these days? Mm. There's less games. I think it's... Anyway, in the last game, he was rested against the Warriors and we lost that one. So we, they, you know, we kind of thought, oh yeah, we went all right without him and Hudson Young looked okay in his position. We didn't win a single one of those games. But he's not being rested. He's injured. No, but my point is, without him, we're a much weaker side. Especially Any defense, side especially, without John Bateman. Yeah, of course, especially defensively side. on the right. So, this brings me to what I'm on the burst about, right? Mm-hmm. As I said previously, I have been re-watching some of uh, our games from last year. And something that I had sort of noticed at the time, but hadn't really sunk in, sunk in, was how often he would get up from contact clutching at his shoulder. He obviously had an ongoing issue with his shoulder. And then, post the surgery, he's come out and said, yes, I always knew I was going to have to get surgery on this shoulder. Because uh, it's a congenital, you know, condition that I was born with, I have some extra bone or something in each of my shoulders. So he previously had the, his, I think his left one done in England, and now he's getting right one or whichever way. I'm not sure which is which. Why did it take so long for him to get the surgery? If he said I knew all along that I was going to need this surgery, and I had this thing that I was born with that needs to be corrected, why did the club? And the doctors wait until a couple of weeks out from the season to get the surgery. Why didn't they do it? Fair enough, he said, I wanted to play for Great Britain. Why didn't they do the surgery then? Why did they wait till now? They wanted to upset you, Blake. Well, they succeeded. Yeah, well, they've done that then. So that's another tick in their chart. Can you please put this to the club and find out why? Because initially I said, well, they wanted to see if it was right itself on its own. But if what he's saying was that it's something he was inherently born with, it was never going to right itself on its own. Mm. And he was always going to need surgery to correct it. Why wait until a couple of weeks out from the season to have the surgery? It's a mystery to me. But on the upshot of that, when he comes back, and I'm hoping that will be about round four or round five, um, although they've said it's much later, I suspect he'll be back earlier than that. I hope he'll be back earlier than that. Of course. He'll be well rested to a run right through to the end of, uh, to the beginning of October. 
you know, you won't need any rest from that point. You know, and with the start we've got, if we can get away with the wins at the beginning there, Wade I'm just Crimson disappointed. I'm Hudson Young coming back. Um, it all looks a lot better. Doesn't Hudson Young have a lot to prove this he year as well? He really does. He, he's on his last chance. Yeah. I think everyone knows that. He does anything dumb from this point. Um, he, he's there. But look, the kid... Did you see, did you see that photo? Uh, oh, yeah, the three of them standing <laughs> there. Yeah, I saw your comment about it too. It wasn't any good. That's, but, the, most, um, that's, that's the most popular social media post Blake and the Porks ever posted. We've got about a hundred extra followers next to that post. Look, there have been a few things that are something that's irritated me over the last couple of seasons. In fact, you might say that it's ground my gears. And you know what really grinds my gears, Blake? 6pm Friday games. That sucks. What the hell is it with 6pm Friday games? Who the hell can get easily to 6pm Friday games? A lot of people in Canberra, but when it comes to that's why they don't have them in Sydney because it's impossible. In Sydney. It's impossible in Canberra. It's difficult, yeah. and and you're trying to put people to come to the stadium in big numbers, in contest with, with peak, peak hour traffic. I know. I know. You know, and, and it's it's one of those things with look. If the stadium was in Civic, it'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot easier because you could actually leave work and go yeah. straight across to it. People have still got to pick up kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you wouldn't have the big influx of people trying to get to another place. A lot of people would stay where they were. Um, or could catch public transport to get into it because it'd be easier to do. But 6pm, it limits crowds. And I know why they want it. They want their product on the air. And they've worked out they can't start a rugby league match any later than 8pm on a Friday night. And that's what they do. And in order to fit in the earlier match, it has to start at 6. But at some stage, you've just got to say to yourself, come on, guys, 6pm doesn't help. And every time you see one of those big matches with people appealing to bosses to let their people go early on Friday so they can actually get there, because it's important to a club. And you have to say to yourself, is the NRL actually doing this for broadcasters or is it doing it for the fans? Everything's I, for broadcasters. I, and I think the answer's fairly obvious. They're Everything's doing it for the broadcasters for, But the for game content. exists for... That's, that's you know... It's horse racing exists for gambling and rugby league exists for broadcasters. Yeah, and gambling. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. Anyway, it, it grinds my gears. Blake, it grinds my gears. Something that didn't grind my gears also, but did slightly confuse me, was... Uh, as well as you know, the uh, the center of excellence was opened, and unfortunately, um, Blake and the pork were you know we were treated like the Cambridge's poor cousins. We weren't shown any respect. We weren't invited. But they announced some new members for the Hall of Fame. They did. I was a bit baffled. I was a bit baffled by by some of the names that went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Versus some of the names that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Who do you think's not in the Hall of Fame that should be in the Hall of Fame? Sam Bacco, Ivan Henjak, Ivan Henjak. You can Jay make, Hoffman. You can make an argument for Ivan Henjak. Sam Bacco finished the eighty-seven grand final, racked back off to Queensland with 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 Wayne Bennett. I'm sorry, he's not in the Hall of Fame. He he was a player that was here. He was there for a bit, but he Jay wasn't committed Hoffman. to the side. He's not going in the Hall of Fame. Jay Hoffman. Jay Hoffman. You can make an argument. For Steve Callaghan. Ron Giddo. Oh, Ronnie. You can make an argument for Ron Giddo. You can. One get until they signed Mal effectively to replace him. Hmm. He was captain. He was a fixture of the team. He, he kicked the goals. Player. Yeah, I, I agree. I love. He Ronnie was a Gitto. big name player from from Sydney. He had you know an illustrious career at the Roosters. Oh, I was a big fan of Ron Giddo. Don't get me well, wrong. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? How did Phil Carey get there ahead of him? Well, Phil Carey. When Phil Carey got the call, I bet even he was surprised to hear. Phil Carey played in the nineteen ninety Premiership side. I think he was on the bench. I don't think he even ran out. I mean, is that is that so? If Matthew you, Wood played in the '89 and I'm '1990 not, Premiership side. 
I'm not and he played, I'm not, I'm scored not, two tries in the 91. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not disputing uh, Matthew Wood's place in the Hall of Fame. What about Craig Bellamy? I'm not disputing Paul Martin's place in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Craig Bellamy, I would rather not be in the Hall of Fame, but I can see there's an argument for him being in there. He was in, in the foundation yes. year. Yes, and he played 150 games, and he played every position, and he was like, came coach the, the president, Coached the President's Cup side to grand final. Pretty much destroyed the game of rugby league as we know it over the last twenty years. Apart from all that, that's by the by. So I'm I'm hearing some hostility from you towards Craig Bellamy, and the Melbourne Storm. You think? <laughs> Was there two better moments in the season last year? I mean, like when you're actually thinking of the best moments of the season last year. Papa scoring underneath the pace against Melbourne Storm and Bateman scoring under the pace against yes. Melbourne Storm have to be two of the best moments. What, you know, in within those two of the best moments, yes, the Bateman scoring, that was one of the best moments because I thought, you know, the game's gone, we're done, I'd given up pretty much all hope of that game and he scored. The other really great moment that happened around that was when um, they're reviewing the try because I watched this game again recently, when they're reviewing the try and um, Joey Leilua clearly knocks back the ball after it's flung three by Attacar, but all the crowd in in the uh, in the Melbourne crowd start cheering because they think there's going to be awarded a no try because clearly they don't understand the rules and they see him fumble the ball and think that it's it's going to be a no try. Around. Yes, but it was clearly a knockback. I don't think they remember Jordan McLean's dreadful handling error at uh, dummy half in the in the prelim the few no. years before um, when he, he clearly clearly dropped the damn thing. Yep. And then seconds later, they scored the winning try. So, you know, blow it out your ass, Melbourne Storm. Yeah. I hate you them. suck. You don't even know the rules. Idiots. Unbelievable. <laughs> Freaking idiots. You purple fucking morons. You can, basically, bleep, you so, can bleep that swear word out. So basically, the, the, the criteria, basically, the criteria to get into the Hall of Fame is be one of Ricky's mates. So Phil Carey must Jesus, be one of Ricky's mates. Jesus, what have you got against Ricky today? What do you got? Did he steal your lunch? Is that what he did? Did he steal your lunch? <laughs> Ricky's our coach. He's taken us back to the freaking top. He came back to be our savior. He's, he's taken us to spots that none of us has done. Five I love years what he's ago, done. if if someone had said he'd got you, you, most people said bollocks. No, I, I I dared to dream, and I'm still a believer. And I still believe Ricky is the right man for the club. And I think what he's done for the club is wonderful. I just said it just seems you know sometimes someone's got to hold a mirror up to uh, some of these things and uh, just put out an alternative view. I guarantee the mirror's being held up, the alternative view is being put out there, and things are being debated most robustly, and we need to trust in the fact that they're on top of things. And stop bagging out the coach. What's the point of having a podcast, then, if we're just going to say, oh, look, we, we just trust... And well, maybe I want to get invited to some of these things once in a while, but I can't if you keep bagging people out, can I? Hey? I won't be muzzled. Like I said, you and then you won't be invited either. Well, I'm not invited now anyway. So yeah, that's well, it's because point. you keep bagging yeah. people out. I <laughs> have made it perfectly clear. I am for sale, right? I am that guy. I, you, I have made no bones about you it. You promised lurks and perks, and when the I time I did not promise lurks and perks. When, when the time I never to, promised lurks and perks. When the time to stand up and deliver, I won't be bought. You. <laughs> okay, righto. You do whatever you want. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts, but if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Unfortunately, we need to end uh, our last year's podcast today on um, a very sad note, Blake. 
Yes, um, a, a good friend of mine was actually someone I met through the Raiders and have been watching games with for over 15 years. Scott Pato Patterson uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago and it was uh, very sad and um, he will be missed but never forgotten. And hopefully, you know, when we win the Premiership this year, we can all have a beer and uh, think of Pato. So, yeah. Well, that's very sad. That's very sad. Well, you have been listening to uh, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork on the Pork. Bye. And we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.